my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My mother immaculate, Saint Joseph my father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Some people have pointed out just how much our Lord in the parables and elsewhere talks about especially the world of work that he's very au fait with the world of work it's not something that's foreign to him and he knows it and and also that he saw our lord talks about all kinds of things which you could talk you could say are the professional world of israel of the first century and we see that you lord are very clear you you, you know what how these things work and also you speak approvingly of them. It's not like that our Lord is somehow damning these things or saying, oh, this is all very bad. But our Lord is very positive about these things. Again and again, but it's funny when you look at it, how, how common it is. The landowner goes out early in the morning to hire workers for the vineyard. For example, one little thing. Our Lord, very clear, this is how landowners get their laborers for the day. The landowner who planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, built a watchtower. These are, that's, that's what you do when you're developing land. Our Lord knows exactly how it works, all these different stages. Jesus is very familiar with the problems, how enemies uh, play tricks on each other. The guy who sows darnel the, the man who sowed good seed in his field and while everyone was asleep his enemy came and slow, sowed we, weeds well actually the weeds are the darnel because it looks like it looks like uh, wheat but it's it's actually a terrible a terrible weed our lord knows how much flour a woman uses when she's baking bread the woman who took the yeast and mixed it into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through um, Jesus is very just I mean this is not through divine knowledge by the way this is our Lord's human knowledge that he knows these things he knows that's how you make good bread there are the proportions and so on again our Lord talks about kings settling accounts with servants investing money guys going on journeys investing their money go and trade with these these talents etc etc now so it reminds me a little bit of something that Paul VI said. He, more, more or less about this area, he says um, that Jesus is manifestly known and appreciated and celebrated a whole range of human joys. Our Lord manifestly knows and appreciates and even celebrates all these human things. And it's really important because there's a principle coming from St. Athanasius, which I like. Uh, Athanasius says this thing, which might sound very a little bit um, kind of con concentrated. He says that what is not assumed is not redeemed. 
What is not assumed is not redeemed. What our Lord, in other words, what our Lord doesn't take up is not redeemed. It can never be saved. It can never be brought to heaven. It can never be a means of sanctification if our Lord doesn't take it up. So what is not assumed, our Lord assumes our humanity. So our humanity is sanctified. Our, our Lord assumes family life. Our Lord assumes marriage as by living in a family, but also by the, the wedding feast of Cain, and that makes it into a sacrament. Our Lord assumes all these rea- realities. Our, another way you might say this, another formulation uh, of that might be, what our Lord is not enthusiastic about is not saved. What our Lord doesn't know and appreciate and celebrate is not saved. And so it, I think it's very important, actually, that our Lord talks about ordinary work, so obviously shepherds and fishers, fishermen all over the place, landowners, kings, military men, strategicians, women baking bread, all these things, our Lord assumes them. They're all clearly assumed, and our Lord is, 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 knows them, knows them really well, um, and also speaks approvingly. And this is fine, this is great stuff. This is what this is what kings do, this is what fishermen do, this is what women do, this is, this is life. So in that sense, our Lord assumes all that. We can see that. Our Lord assumes all that. Takes it all. Our Lord is, knows it and is enthusiastic about it. And therefore, it's saved. So that's saying Athanasius, what is not assumed is not redeemed. So our Lord doesn't assume, obviously, it's the whole world of sin. Our Lord doesn't take it, never makes it the subject of, par- of parables in that sense. Um, so, so our Lord assumes all this. This is really important for us, actually, because we can ask ourselves, if we are being honest, we can ask ourselves, do I know, appreciate, and celebrate the world into which I have been born? Our Lord is born into the world of the first century. And there it is, it's all about landowners, fishermen, shepherds, kings. That's the world that our Lord is born into. He knows it. He knows it in detail, in the sense of the, the guy, how, how people work, how they taxes work, all these things. Our Lord is very immersed in that world. He knows it and he celebrates it. We're 20, 21 centuries later. Do we know the world in which we are born? Do we know it? And do we appreciate it? And do we celebrate it? Because that's very, really important for us. Because we have to be, we've heard it many, many times, Christ passing by. We are the body of Christ. However, however you want to look at it, we are Christ again. But if I'm not if I am you and me, if we're not assuming the world, knowing it, this world that we're born into, um, making it our own, getting really enthusiastic about our world, we cannot redeem it. You know, there's that little phrase, redeeming the time, which comes from scripture, redeeming the time. We cannot redeem the time if we don't know it, but not only just know it, but if we're not enthusiastic about it. And so there's the real danger of being really heavy on the idea the world is going to pot. 
you know. Uh, you, I hear it a lot, actually. I mean, just in conversation or sometimes in, in spiritual guidance, you know, people are just randomly passing through and they say, well, the world is going to pot, or whatever phrase they might use. Ireland is going to pot. And which expresses, certainly, whether people know the world or not, certainly, uh, almost like um, a hostility towards the world. A real deep suspicion towards anything that comes that, you know, from the world. So we see it a lot of times. The world has gone to the dogs, Sodom and Gomorrah, we're just waiting for the destruction. As some people are, actually. Just waiting for the fire and brimstone. We're waiting for it all to be destroyed. And roll on the day. Now, who knows when you know, the end of the world will come. But that is not a very healthy mentality to have or to foster. This idea that the world has gone to the dogs. There's nothing to be celebrated about it. Because then, of course, we are, we are disengaging. Also, even just, just mentally, we're disengaging. I'm not going to get involved in a political party because they're all rubbish. I'm not going to get involved in anything cultural. Why it's all rubbish. I'm not going to get involved in, in... In other words, we withdraw. Withdraw from the world. Uh, our, our place, our, our center, our home becomes our little castle. And we, maybe, you know, we, our only interaction with the world is, you know, maybe through social media, which is like little, you know, these medieval castles and these little long, elongated windows where the, the, the guy goes, the archer goes with his, his bow and arrow, you know, just to fire out at the enemy, you know. And that's my little engagement with the world, okay. Um, that's my engagement with the world. I fire there. Oh, I see an enemy. God, I'm right, right in the neck. And, and, and that's, that, that's already engaged. And I'm in my little castle, safe. And the world is out there, the, the, the bad world. And my engagement is just shoot, picking people off. That's crazy. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> just being a waste of time. But we're not engaging with the world. We certainly don't love it. And it's doubtful whether we would know it. So it's kind of just a very, very good question for us. Or put it another way, somebody who knows me, would they say, now as we've all got our areas of maybe professional work and also even hobbies and interests, but somebody who knows me, would they say, oh yeah, he's really enthusiastic about A or B or C. I mean, things of the world. He'll, he's really enthusiastic about that. Um, you can see, you know, he, uh, I, I think of Father Donald Quillanon, actually, and, and airplanes, so we're just going to come back to him. But, uh, but he's, he's getting Flight magazine, because I lived with him for a while, um, having all these kind of strange uh, software on his computer to simulate flights and, you know, ch checking where flights were going and all this kind of stuff. You could say obsessive, maybe, but really... You know, somebody who knew him would have to say, this guy loves the world of aviation. He loves it. He's not saying, oh, planes, they're kind of, yeah, they're just traveling, you know, just transporting sinners from one place to another, you know, or facilitating war or something. You know? Just totally enthusiastic. 
and, the, and that's a priest, obviously, a priest who trained as an engineer and worked in Rienta or whatever it was up in Dublin Airport. And, you know, and a priest, you know, or, you know I mean, 20 years after his ordination, 30 years after his ordination, still as enthusiastic about the world of aviation. So if somebody knows you, would they be able to say, oh, this guy, well, he's a real fan of whatever, secular, 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 the world. As, the wor- as it is. I, re- I came across a great quote from Pope um, Benedict, as Joseph Ratzinger wrote, he wrote this years ago. It's a little, bit, a little bit dense, but he says this, the, world, the Christian must want the world to be worldly and not sacral, numinous, or divinized in order to remain true to God's mission. So they're kind of big words, and they sacral, sacred, numinous, numinous is kind of otherworldly, kind of glowing uh, in an otherworldly way, or divinized, purely just transformed to something divine. We want the world to be worldly, otherwise we cannot be true to God's mission. The world is the world. The world of aviation, the world of finance, the world of culture, the world of fashion. There's a million in one of these worlds. The world. And obviously, some of them were no interest in whatsoever. Just not my thing. The world of, I don't know, whatever it might be. Finance really doesn't interest me. But, you know, we all, there should be areas of the world which really resonate and probably related to our studies, related to our career, that resonate with us. And not, you know, not narrow, but from there, you know, from the world of, say, politics, going to the world of culture, contemporary thought, all these things. And that should be something visible about us. Now, obviously, there are, there, there are problems. There are problems in all these worlds, because the world is, in the last whatever, uh, whatever number of years, there has been a particular kind of crisis. Okay? So that's fair enough. There's been a crisis, we've got a cultural crisis, which may actually be a good thing, might be a sign of a turning. But a crisis doesn't mean corruption. You know, just like if somebody's sick, doesn't mean they're dead. Somebody's sick means that you love this person, they're sick, I want to cure them, I want to get them back even better than they were. But we, could, we can look at the Ireland, say, in the year 2020, it's all politics, the world of politics, it's, it's, it's corrupt, as in dead and corrupt. There's nothing to be done. The world of finance, I don't know anything about it, but it's corrupt. The world of whatever. And that would be, that would be so untrue, actually. Remember Don Javier, uh, he, when he, certainly when he came here, I remember him saying it, and he was a typical, it was kind of a refrain of his. Uh, when, when he was here, he said, Ireland is full of so many good people. Okay? Um, and he wasn't talking about all the practicing Catholics. Oh, the, the practicing Catholics, they're all really good. Everybody else, of course, they're all going to hell. But the, he was talking about people in general. And there was this kind of refrain, the world is full of so many good people. Good people that may or may not have faith, but they're really good. Humanly, very good people. And also, allied to that, is good in the sense of really talented, uh, really good at what they do, um, serious professionals, good in the sense that they've been given really good talents, 
God has given them tremendous talents for doing whatever they do, you know, and, and they engage those talents. So this is true. The, the world is full of wonderful people, really talented people who are doing really good things. Now, if they had the faith, it would help them to do an awful lot more. And, and, and a lot of these people, when they do discover the faith, well, then they, they can really take off, you know. So I think this is, this is I suppose, in, in talking about this, we're talking about our mentality regarding the world, my mentality, my approach to the world that I live in. Because the, the castle mentality can, can grow and kind of take us over little by little and we become hostile and, and maybe we can make it worse for each other by comments about, you know, the doll or whatever it is and this comment and that and RTE and the RT times and, and that we, we kind of develop an increase in one another, a kind of us and them mentality um, and that they're just all, they're all kind of corrupt and nothing can be done with them. And therefore that world cannot be redeemed. When we again think of our Lord speaking about all these things of the world of the first century when there was all kinds of problems. But our Lord is speaking, this is what, you know, this is the world of, of a landowner. This is the world of a woman in a home. This is the world of, of uh, soldiers. And knowing it and appreciating it. So, uh, a very important point from St. Rosa Maria, and this is just a truncated form. Uh, since you want to acquire a Catholic or universal mentality, here are some characteristics you should aim at. He talks about four things, but the last two I think are particularly interesting. To acquire Catholic mentality, Catholic or universal mentality, which is openness. So he says, a careful awareness of trends in science and contemporary thought. A careful awareness. Careful, because not everything that's coming, you know, been coming up in the world of science or contemporary thought, you can say the arts and the sciences, not everything obviously is, is hunky-dory and wonderful. Careful, we don't swallow it all, but an awareness. Could it be said of you, some of you who met you, oh, this guy, he's very aware, say art area, typically the two big areas, you know, are the more technical and the more cultural, art, artistic, whatever one you fall into. If somebody knew you, would they say, oh, this guy's very aware, this guy's very aware of, of, of developments in, in his area, you know, in, in thought. If you were asking, what's happening in the world of your area? She's oh yeah, well this guy he's writing very interesting writer. Um, this woman she's she's written a great book recently, um, exploring this area. Really interesting developments. This person I'm not so sure, interesting but I'd be a little bit skeptical. Are are you or my? I have to apply this to myself. Aware of what's going on in our corresponding area, or have I disengaged? That's the first one. And the second one, which is even more kind of interesting, a positive and open attitude toward, towards the current changes in society and ways of living. You might say, gosh, that's like, I can't be positive or open to the changes that are happening in my society because they're all bad. LGBTQ all over the place. Um, 
whatever, you know, kind of developments. Well, that is not, you know, that is not the be-all and end-all of changes that are happening in our society. It might look like that because it's so overt and in your, in your face, as people say. Um, but that is not the be-all and end-all. So a positive and open attitude towards current changes. So the world is changing. It's always changing. It's the unique kind of, kind of uh, element of being human. It's always changing. And am I, am I kind of always you know, saying these changes are always bad? These changes are just getting worse, getting worse. Rather than seeing with well, the very positive things in this, in, in whatever, in the world of art maybe it'd be a lot of, there's a lot of okay, there's a lot of funny stuff but there's good things happening and a, a part of it is actually knowing maybe they're not always that trumpeted in other words they're not that all that um, publicized but there are very good things happening and our father's got that other point where he talks about um, great to respect the old things the things of the past we learn from them we bear them in mind great but don't exaggerate. Everything has its own time and place. Do we now dress in doublet and hose or wear powdered wigs on our head? You know, like back in the 18th century. I would, you know, you would just die to dress like a guy in the 18th century. Here's your powdered wig, here's your doublet and your hose, here's your pantaloons. You'd say, oh my gosh, you know. So, not to be kind of stuck in the past, Rather, changes, and you say, great, I'm delighted about changes in clothing, because uh, I don't want to go around with a powdered wig. So, changes are great. Be aware of the past, conserve good things from the past. But we can't, you know, think that every change that's happening now is invariably the worst. That would be a p pity, because we're apostles. There's a great phrase of St. Irenaeus, which you've heard for many times probably, Gloria enum Dei vivens homo, vita autum omnes visio Dei. For the glory of God is the living man, and the life of man is the vision of, the vision of God. The, the glory of God is the living man. And I think when you say living man, somebody who's alive, I think you can also take it in the sense of, you know, you, th you talk about a guy really being alive, which includes engaged. As Christ, as you, Lord, shows, you're engaged with the culture, the Mediterranean culture of the first century AD. You're engaged, you're immersed. Or the, the French word engagé is kind of a useful word. You're engaged in that sense. Remember, again, Don Javier used to talk about a certain numeri who I met. We went to Sweden a couple of years ago and from there to a work camp in Russia, in St. Petersburg. And this guy accompanied us. He was living in Sweden at the time, but he was going occasionally to Russia on trips, apostolic trips. And, um, and he showed us around Petersburg, and beautiful, and the white nights in St. Petersburg. We stayed out till midnight uh, in, in St. Petersburg in the midsummer. It was wonderful. And he was a complete enthusiast. He brought us to an opera, in fact, in St. Petersburg. But he just loved things Russian. And somebody said, heard somebody quoting the, the father, Don Javier, saying, when this guy crosses the border into Russia, he comes alive. 
That's where he lives now, in fact. Okay? He comes alive. He just loved all things Russian. His grandparents were Russian emigres from the time of the Civil War. And he, I, I presume, he kept up Russian as a, as a kid, uh, but he spoke perfect Russian. And, but he just loved things Russian. That meant Russian writers, Russian opera, um, Russian history, culture. He just loved it. For him, Russia wasn't all Vladimir Lenin and Joseph Stalin and the Soviet Union. All terrible things that happened and came from, unfortunately, Russia. Well, that was a blip, or a big blip. But that wasn't Russia. And in a certain sense, he's a perfect guy to be an apostle, if you want to put it that way, in Russia. Because you can imagine a guy going there you know, to Russia and say, oh, you guys, you're all Stalinists or Leninists, or you invented communism. You know? And that's, that's back to Athanasius. What is not assumed is not redeemed. Unless you love it, you cannot redeem it. Unless you passionately love the world, you cannot redeem it. You just retreat into a little castle or a little monastery somewhere, and that's it. Because you have a contemptuous mundi, a hatred of the world, that is not our spirit. And I'm not saying that we have, we have it, but there's always temptations. The contemptuous mundi, which is so not our spirit. Passionately loving the world, like that guy. And especially we have our own Russia, an Aryan culture, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, developments in engineering, developments in art, whatever it is. And that should be our Russia. When I go there, I come alive. And therefore, I'm a perfect apostle there because I'm a man alive in Saint Irenaeus, in the, the, the terminology of St. Irenaeus. When I go there, I light up. And there should be, there should be things that that happens, that I come alive when, the, when, I, when I go there. It's when our Lord comes into the world. God so loved the world. He so loved the world. And that's the world in, in all that sense of its worldliness. God so loved the world he created. And we see Christ coming into his world and he knows it and he celebrates it. He loves it. Anyway, so all of us have to be, we have to be apostles in that sense. And perhaps something well, we, can, we have to work on, you know, greater. We, we, we say, well, I have to work on knowing more about this. Because oh, oh, love follows knowledge. That's the way it works. The more you know about something, engineering, you might have a clue, and then you start reading about, say, planes, and you wow, the way these things work, and the way the whole system works, that is fascinating. And from there, love and enthusiasm. So we have to get maybe more fascinated and then, of course, we appreciate the guys who work in this area. We appreciate what they do. In, in that sense, we love them. Now, this is great what you do. Your work is, is wonderful. And let's talk about the Catholic faith and this. What I, you know, what I can bring to you, you know, about furthering your, 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 your passion for the world. But people have to see us loving, you know, passionate, passionate about this world, coming alive in this world. Because that's where our Lord has put us. Our Lord hasn't put us in the 12th century. It's, it's funny, um, sometimes going into the world of podcasts can be a little bit depressing, actually. Um, one that I was, I've signed on to a whole load and uh, yeah, looking for a good podcast. And one philosophy one, but like nothing. It all just stops. There's nothing beyond the medieval period. And it's not that it's a medieval podcast, you know. Um, it's just a philosophy podcast, and uh, it's, it's all St. Bonaventure, St. Thomas Aquinas is great, uh, St. Anselm, 
but like that doesn't even get us up to the year whatever 1300 you know and it's amazing it's, it's amazing. and I just you know kind of told him gosh there's nothing in this podcast after the year 1300 and they didn't say that they're not saying that or an early medieval podcast so which is kind of almost like saying there's nothing after there's nothing worth talking about nobody's seen anything which is really unfortunate and it's kind of there are many things like that actually it's almost well it's a it's a tendency and you, you and I have kind of learned from the spirit of the work we have to say well no I'm not, that's not that's not me I believe you Lord have me here in the 21st century not because I I fell through a a, a time worm or something and I came out of the wrong century and I was meant to be back in the 12th century no here I am in the 21st century to redeem the time obviously the little area of, of it that particularly excites me that, that part of the world that our Lord has put me in that I resonate with but that, that requires actually study it requires reading about it being engaged getting those maybe monthly magazines signing on to those podcasts knowing it and again because from love from knowledge comes fascination and love so let's ask our Lord to help us with that because we want to be apostles we, to be an apostle the, this world the part of the world that falls to me has to you know like that numeracy has to make me alive I have to come alive in this world come alive in, in that, that subject matter whatever and people have to it's very useful when people see that so we shouldn't hide it you know this is my I love this area whatever it's going to be very simple things but I, I love this I affirm this affirm the world in that not, we're, not that we're naive or we're swallowing everything a careful awareness of current trends what St. Maria says think of Our Lady Our Lady uh, a woman like any woman in Nazareth of her time really you can imagine you know Our, Lord talk, Our, Our Lady talks about all kinds of things with the other, the other women you know not the kind of silly stuff but you know Our Lady really engages she's really engaged we can imagine so let's ask her as Queen of Apostles Help us to be engaged. Help us to appreciate where our Lord has put us here in the 21st century, in Ireland at this time, to engage, become alive in this world. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My mother, Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.